Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I am your host, Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you for spending your afternoon and listening. And I, I really appreciate always when listeners take time to do that and to really want to be healthier people, to be the best version that you can be of yourself. So I want to certainly remind you that all these shows are on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You just, the, the first page, the face page, you just go to the top. There's a little radio, the word radio. You just click on that. It'll take you to all the different shows and scroll all the way down. And you can find many of those shows if you've missed any of them. And so this week, we are still doing dating in the 21st century. And it is hard to do. It, there's a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of new things to learn. However, there are some things that stand the test of time when it comes to relationship. And yesterday, we really talked a lot about expectations, realistic expectations. And we also talked about the building process and building stages when you are in a brand new relationship. So this could be you're 16, 19. This could be 25, 35, 45, 55. This could be your dating in your 60s, 70s. All these still apply. So when we're talking about building, we really talked about what makes for happy couples and what you're doing in the building process, which is the platform. It's the ground floor. It's, it's the foundation of that relationship. And it's very difficult when you have things in the foundation of your relationship to try to get them out. I have many couples that have been together for years and years. And I'm having to go back to the very beginning and try to undo some things that should have never been started or established in their relationship. And we're having to try to take it out. And so I talked yesterday about the analogy of a baked cake. And these foundational pieces, these building blocks, are similar to baking a cake. And they're ingredients. So when you're throwing ingredients in and you're mixing them all up, you have to make sure that you want those ingredients. Because once you put it in the oven and you bake that cake, it's tough to get ingredients out of a baked cake. So many times they just frost it really pretty. And the frosting is beautiful, but mm, you might not want to eat it. So you want to be very careful and very cognizant and committed to what you're actually putting in that foundation. And then we want to really explore, as we are really doing this, we want to explore what each other's interests are. And so that you have a long list of things you enjoy together. If you don't have a long list, Make sure the stuff you have on the list is really enjoyable. But you want to make sure that you're finding out over the long run, do we have things we enjoy doing together that will continue to solidify and really prop up that foundation and really then build a beautiful structure that we live within that is safe, comfortable, 
and is a good reflection of who we are as a couple. This is a great time to try new things with one another because when you see people try new things, you also see a lot about them. When they're kind of out of their comfort zone, you get to see how they handle stress, how they handle maybe being vulnerable, how they handle being seen when they're not perfect. And so it can be a great way of getting to know someone if you're willing to try some new things and expand some mutual interests. You might find there are some things that you like to do you never dreamed you would like doing. And then you want to establish a pattern of apologizing. This is really important in the beginning stages of relationship. We talked some about this last week. But it's imperative that you are able to say, I'm sorry, that you are able to really increase that trust with that other person, that you work on not being defensive, that you work on saying, you're right, that's me. I did that. I did not handle that well. I made that mistake. I should not have done that behavior. I should not have gone to that place, called that person, whatever it is, spent that money. It's my bad. I did it. I have to take responsibility for it. And that ensures trust even when you make mistakes because we're all mistake-making people. And so it's imperative that we continue to increase that trust that we have with one another. And the way that we do that is we make sure that we see the other taking responsibility for what they're doing. And that helps to increase that trust. So when you think about this whole dating process, why are we so willing to do this, right? (laughs) Dating is hard to do. And sometimes it's not fun. It's very stressful. And the older you get, many times it becomes a little bit more difficult. And it's the older you get, the harder it is to find places and ways to find people. So what I'm always encouraging people to do is to understand that God is a big factor in this. He knows where every human is. So he's able to have that person cross your path or you cross their path. He's able to introduce you to the people that are best suited for you and to give you opportunity to make good choices. And in the process of hoping that that person crosses your path or you find them, you still want to be doing the things that make, it, make that person available to you whether that be dating apps or, or um, online dating. And, and I want you to always, of course, be careful about some of these because some of them aren't necessarily um, as healthy as I would like them to be. But really taking advantage of whatever is in our current generation to be able to make sure that you don't get in the way of what you need. And everyone needs relationships. Now, we don't always need a spouse or a partner. That is, in many ways, the design that God made for humans. So in the process of finding that person, you want to make sure that you're working really hard on the relationships you have because it makes you a healthy relater. And they're the people to try things out on. They're the ones, if you have a hard time admitting you made a mistake, try it with the people that know you best, that are probably going to be the most forgiving. So add that behavior to who you are. If you have a hard time making time for people, if you have a hard time being alone, these are times to practice that. 
Because love is really what everything's about. And when we understand how powerful love is, and that the whole thing, this whole reason this earth was created and the universe was created was out of love. So we have so many biblical references for what love does and what it's made to do. And what God first and foremost tells us is that love never fails. And I want you to remember that, that love never fails. It doesn't always have the outcome that we want, but it never fails to do what God has called it to do. And so the hardest part for us as humans is to know how to love and how to love well, and to know what love actually is. So it's important that we know this, this idea, this concept I'm going to give you. It's important that we know that love doesn't always feel good. Again, true love does not always feel good, but it always has a great outcome. If it's true love and it still doesn't feel good, it's going to pay and pay well. If it's true love, because we know that truth always sets us free. So when I'm being truly loved, I'm going to have a good outcome. So think about how the world feels about love. The world is searching hard for love. It markets it, it replaces it, it sells it, explains it, exploits it, misrepresents it. I mean, the world is tries so hard to market love and to redefine love, to remake it in a way that they feel like would work for them. Instead of just understanding what, what is love? What really is it? And see, this thing called love, we can only know what true love is when we go to the one who, quote unquote, is love. We're not going to really know what real, true love, healthy love is if we don't go to the one who is love. So this whole idea of if we go to the one who is love, we, we know the one where true love emanates from, we understand it to be God. God is love. He didn't necessarily create love. He is love. Isn't that amazing? He didn't create truth. He is truth. He didn't create peace. He is peace. So knowing God is knowing love. Knowing God, truly knowing God, is knowing true love. So because he is all truth and he is love, we can find and actually experience true love through him. And the reason this is so important to make this distinction of true love and not just love is because we're taught and experience many things that are called love. But as we become healthier, more truth-based people, we find out what we might have originally considered love to be was in fact not love. And the importance of making this distinction and to be really going to the person who is love, who is true love, this is very important, is if I have that connection with God and I experience true love through him to me, you know what beautiful thing happens? I don't expect you to love me perfectly. That's what happens. 
I'm not looking you to love me like God loves me. I'm already getting it from God. So my expectations of you are going to be so much healthier and so much more realistic. In fact, I will help to bring better love out of you. I will help you to love more truly. When I am starting with true love, which is God, when I am starting with him, I do better with you. So this is a really important consideration for you to be going to God for your understanding and experience of true love. See, what happens is we are taught and experienced many things that are called love. And we find out, like I said, that maybe what we originally considered to be love wasn't. And we often confuse healthy and corrective or uncomfortable, painful things as love. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's the true love. But sometimes we experience somebody loving us in a corrective, uncomfortable, or painful way. We, we perceive that as abuse. And conversely, what feels so intense and pleasurable, we interpret as true love. When maybe it's just intense and pleasurable in the moment. So I'm going to say that again. We often confuse healthy, corrective, uncomfortable, painful love as abuse. And we conversely experience what feels so intense and pleasurable as true love. And thirdly, sometimes that corrective love, that true love, which is going to heal us and set us free, we think is abuse. So what does the world say? There's one author that says, he says, depending on context, love can be of different varieties. But at times, the very existence of love is questioned. Some say it's false and meaningless. It says that it never exists because there has been so many instances of hatred and brutality in relationships. The history of our world has witnessed many such events. And there has been hatred between brothers and parents and children. Sibling rivalry and spouses have failed each other. Friends have betrayed each other. The son has killed his parents for the throne, and the count is endless. Even the modern generation is also facing such dilemmas every day. But love is not responsible for that. It is us, the people, who have forgotten the meaning of love and have undertaken such gruesome apathy. I really like the last line of this author when he says, love, love's not responsible for gruesome apathy or violence. So whatever ugly you've seen in your world, love is not responsible for this. We are. This is because we are the people who have forsaken love. This does not mean there is not a lot of high emotionality. When it comes to all of this, it doesn't mean that the high emotionality versus the gruesome apathy. What we want to say is, if we go to the, the true love, the source of all true love, we will not fall into the high emotionality or the false emotionality or apathy. And we will be loving for the right reasons. Because love never fails. So I googled this line, I want to know what love is. I googled that. I want to know what love is. And this was probably two years ago, so I know this number is higher. 
there was 571 million posts on what love is. 571 million posts. Not just like somebody checked in, but actual posts on someone saying, I want to know what love is. And so people either saying, I want to know what love is, and looking for that and talking about what they don't see as love, or people saying, I'll tell you what love is. So what does this tell me? See, countries have been won and lost over love. And there's a famous song by a band named Foreigner, and I think this had to be in, Foreigner had to be in the 1980s or 90s, I'm not sure. But this famous song, it went on for pages and pages and pages about what inspired this song and what a pain-filled song it is. And so just as we see in the famous song by the band called Nazareth, I mean, that's, that's kind of interesting, very interesting and telling, we see the same thing with this famous song by Foreigner. And this is what these, 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 some of the lyrics say. It says, In my life there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I'm going to take a little time. I'm going to, a little time to look around me. I've got nowhere left to hide. It looks like love has finally found me. So we see this tendency as human beings that no matter how much we've been hurt, we try again. We can't help it. We will always try again. And I tell clients repeatedly, it's not stupid to try it again. It's human. This is how humans are made. God keeps trying again with us, doesn't he? We're made in the image of God. And that's why we always keep trying. We can't stop loving. We can't stop looking for love. So isn't it comforting that being made in the image of God is really being reflective of who God is? We keep trying. Well, so does God. He never stops trying. He never stops loving. He can't. So let's, let's take this line seriously. Let's say this. We're going to take a little time, a little time to think things over, going to figure it out and start again, right? We're going to figure it out. We're going to start again. So the most important thing you do if you've been hurt is to, quote, unquote, take a little time, a little time to think things over. Take some time to heal, and then we'll jump back in and love again. So this is what we should be saying to God. We should be saying these lyrics to God. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. It's very powerful. And see, that song I referred to by the band Nazareth, it says, love hurts. Now, I hear the lead singer just wailing as he sings this song. And I'm sure God was honored and inspired in many ways by the song. The first lines really encapsulate what Christ must have been feeling when he came to earth as a baby and left his kingdom, his home, his family. And he experienced and saw the suffering of creation and he had to face the subsequent need to die on the cross, all in the name of love. So here's a few lines from the song by Nazareth. 
It says, love hurts, love scars, love wounds and marks. Any heart not tough or strong enough to take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, holds a lot of rain. Love hurts. I bet you can relate to that. I can relate to that. I know God can relate to that. Jesus certainly can relate to that. Love, love hurt Jesus. It scarred him. It wounded him. It marred him. So we're not talking about masochism, okay? I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about we need to understand that true love, real love, will hurt sometimes. And loving wounded people, insecure people, scared people, people that, that don't have all the right information, people that don't know God also, or people that do know God, it's going to hurt sometimes. But this hurt, if it's true, and it doesn't mean that it's true love by the person that hurts you, but if, it, if you work with true love, it will always produce fruit and growth. Because this is what I want you to think about. The more you introduce highly dysfunctional people into your life and try to make a relationship with them in spite of all the evidence you have to tell you it's probably not a good idea. You've got so many red flags. This kind of hurt that results from high dysfunction or narcissism or foolishness or selfishness, it only injures and harms. And that love needs time, needs time to heal. And God can heal that through his love, through being with him, it heals. And the point is that that healing process gives you wisdom and maturity. And so this is what you want to think about. There's so many songs that have gone through the course of time about love. There is no one um, topic that hasn't been written about more than the issue of love. And we see in the sacrifice by Christ, change occurs. And when we are willing to sacrifice, and we also fearfully face ourselves in order to love well, when we are willing to endure pain that produces gain, then we become people that are able to love well. We will also attract the same type. And if we attract ones that are wanting that type of love but are not wanting to learn to love well, we will be wise enough to recognize that. Because, see, even if a relationship is highly dysfunctional with an abusive person, I can still turn my pain in for gain. And so instead of just surviving it, I actually learn from it. And I let the pain strengthen me and deepen me and cause me to be more humble, a person that loves better with more resiliency and authenticity. And that recognizes abusive and dangerous people and is wise enough to say no. So we're going to talk about how we know the difference between these two groups of people as you are putting together your whole dating process. So God bless you. Join me tomorrow. We're talking about dating deal breakers and to know when to leave. Have a great day. Visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com.
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.